Hoodoo Plant Mamas Get your soul fed and your spirit red This here in the trend I possess the power from way back when Back when folk was stripped from all of their kin So they had to find the magic within Ancestors and gather my herbs I conjure at my altar Hoodoo Plant Mamas Manifest growth and I release trauma. Child, we just out here trying to water our plants and mind our business, you know? Everybody ain't from the deep south, man. Everybody can't have a culture like us. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Who Do Plant Mamas. I am one of your hosts, Lynn Nicole. And I'm Danny B. And today we are gonna talk about plants. But before we start that, we both had birthdays since the last time we recorded. So, Danny B, how was your birthday? Well, so my birthday was on like a Wednesday. So, me and a friend just went and got a late dinner. Um, I went to the grocery store that morning and got me some flowers, which was nice. And then that Friday, I went out and got some drinks with a couple of friends. And one of my friends actually brought me more flowers. So... I had hella flowers when Valentine's Day rolled around. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it was cool. It was, I wasn't particularly, I thought I was going to be like sad or um, depressed, but I wasn't. It's like, yeah, I'm not where I want to be, but it wasn't really kicking my ass like I thought it was going to be. And now, has that been kicking my ass after the fact? Yes, but the actual day of my birthday was really nice. And even that weekend was cool. Um, And then I went to Seattle maybe like, yeah, about a week and a half ago when my friends picked me up from the airport. They had me more flowers, this cute little, (laughs) I I think it's the sweetest gift. Um, It was this cute little rose thing and like a glass it, I can't even describe it, but it was really beautiful. And that was sort of like a birthday treat to just hanging out with them. So yeah, that's pretty much nothing spectacular. We still, as far as I'm concerned, we still in a panty <laughs> and I'm not interested <laughs> in being reckless. So, <laughs> But yeah, what about you? Like you, my birthday was kind of low key. Um, so for some reason that week, people kept giving me money. So that Friday I went uh, shopping. I got a few pieces that I love. And then I got my eyebrows done and I got a 90 minute massage, which I really needed because I have not had a massage in almost a year. Well, over a year. Um, And then after that, I went to the park and I got to sit by the water, which was something I really needed. And I just got to sit there and have alone time and I just felt very grateful to be alive which brings us to gratitude Danny B what are you grateful for um damn I don't know it's like I know this is coming and I'm yet I'm still never prepared um what am I grateful for I am grateful for I've said this before my friends but um, I've just been having a really hard time, like mental health wise, just kind of up and down. 
most of the time I feel like I've been pretty good as far as productivity, which I know fuck productivity, but it's like emotionally, it's kind of like when I'm not working, then, you know, all the shit that I'm dealing with kind of hits me. And, you know, one of my friends really talked me through like a low key crisis yesterday. And so I'm just thankful that I have people in my life to kind of bring me back to reality when I'm sinking into a very not great place. So yeah, I'm thankful for that. My friends really do help me survive. So what about you? Hey, shout out to your friends. Uh, But like I said earlier, I am just very grateful to be alive. I don't know why, but when I was younger, I just did not see myself living this far and getting this far in life. But um, I'm here and I'm not mad about it. So yeah, that's what I'm grateful for. Well, let's talk about plants. Since we the hoodoo plant mamas. <laughs> and I feel like people are always like, when are y'all going to talk about plants? So we about to talk about it for the whole episode, pretty much. Um, so Leah, when did you get your first house plant? And what was that like? What has that journey been like for you? Um, It's been a wild and interesting journey for me. So the first time I ever saw someone with houseplants was my sweet mate in college, Rachel. Uh, and I kept trying to be like her because she would have all of these plants in her room and it looked so beautiful and green. And I would buy these plant kits from Target and, you know, some of them maybe would sprout, but then they die. And I just didn't believe that I had a green thumb or that, you know, I could do gardening. Um, and then after college, I went on a road trip to Las Vegas. And there was the first time I ever saw cacti. And I was obsessed with them. So I was like, I have to get me some cacti. And I ended up killing them because I was listening to Pinterest and the internet. (laughs) Um, And I put them in mason jars. They had no drainage holes. (laughs) And so I think they got like overwatered and just died. And I felt really bad about it. And I just refused to believe that I could keep anything alive. Um, And I want to say it was probably about a year after that I went back to Jackson to see my friend Rachel again and her and her roommates all had plants their whole house was beautiful and so they sent me back home with some spider plants and some both those and they were like these are very hard to kill and you will probably do very well with these and they were right like um Rachel's roommate gave me I want to say eight spider plants and she was like they may not all make the trip they all made the trip (laughs) they all survived but really doing that it taught me like how to take care of plants um it taught me that you know at that time I was not working I was unemployed and I was super down about that because I would just get rejection after rejection after rejection and people like to be like oh just brush off rejection but it's like when you're constantly rejected especially from jobs that you either have done or you know that you can do well it just like it doesn't really help your self-esteem, but being able to like grow plants with my own hands, being able to watch them grow and turn into and thrive and turn into something very beautiful 
it made me feel like I was useful. It made me not feel so worthless. Um, it made me feel like I was somebody because I could help sustain and support this life. So that is my houseplant journey. And that's how I got to where I am now. So Danny, what has your houseplant journey been like? So I really relate to your story. Um, but I'll start with, I got my first plant, my bonsai, Bonnie, which is still kicking about five years ago. So she's been with me for about five years. When I was in graduate school, the first go round, um, my roommate at the time actually helped me pick it out. She, you know, what's so funny and why I feel like it was meant to be. She literally found this plant behind some other plants. It was like so random because I was looking for a bonsai there was one, but I was like, mm, not really feeling it. And then she randomly found, you know, Bonnie, who was much smaller at the time. And so it's definitely been a learning experience. Um, I think we, you know, we know that plants are living things, right? But I don't think most people know, like, to the extent. Um, I think that I've learned that plants are communicative, communicative. <laughs> Um, they communicate with you in their own ways, um, especially when you're not meeting their needs. So um, maybe a couple of months into getting Bonnie, um, Bonnie is genderless, but I use she, her pronouns for her, just FYI. Um, I went through a really deep <laughs> depression and for some reason, I decided to move her out of my room into our me and my roommate's living room which was big and spacious and in my mind I was like well there's more air circulation I thought my room was too stuffy um but that the living room didn't get a lot of sunlight and so it got to the point where every time I walked past the table that I had her on leaves would just start falling off and I know that sounds really dramatic but I swear it was just like, as soon as I walked by, it seemed like it was just like, bitch, you know? And so eventually I started getting scared that she was dying. So I was like, let me move her back into my um, room. And it stopped. The issue stopped. And that's how I learned that she likes sunlight. Like she needs to be not only around sun, but she also likes to be around the living. So me. So it's best to have her in the space where I am or where their people are. So, okay. So get back to, I'm being long-winded as usual, but to get back to why I relate to your story, I also experienced unemployment actually after getting my first master's degree and mental health wise, it was just really bad. And I felt the same way. I was just like, you're fucking waste of fucking human. Like, and you got this degree and you are just like everything you could possibly, terrible thing you could possibly say to yourself. I said it to myself. And eventually I had to move back to my grandma's house. And I actually put Bonnie in my grandma's kitchen because it got the most sunlight. And I actually have never, even to this day, seen her as healthy as she was when I did that. And I really believe it's because not only is the kitchen sunny, there's always gospel music playing, which annoys me a little bit because my grandma literally leaves on that radio all day. It doesn't matter if anybody is there or not. She just leaves on the radio. Um, and if the radio isn't on, well, the radio is usually always on, but she might turn it down. Um, she's in there cooking or talking loudly on the phone or both. And 
you know, and her and her partner, they'll, when they're eating breakfast or something, they sit down and talk and eat. And I really think my plant, like that was an energy that she liked, you know, that it was just a lot of living, a lot of sunlight. Um, and so, yeah, that's what I learned about like caring for plants. You have to listen to them. Like, I think that they are spiritual things. I think spirits are attached to them. And I think the care (laughs) extends beyond just watering and pruning, which side note, like I don't really be pruning my plants. Like I apparently supposed to, but I just feel like when they out in nature, nobody's pruning them and I haven't really had any issues. So, (laughs) but yeah, I don't do that. I just let the leaves naturally fall off if they don't want to be there. Um, but yeah, yeah, so kind of building on that, um, what have plants talked, taught you about life, mental health, whatever? Like, just what are some things that they've taught you beyond just, like, taking care of them? Or a mixture of how, however you look at it. So I know you say that you don't prune your plants, but I do. And I think just seeing the the leaves die and taking them off is a reminder to me that you know, sometimes it's okay to let go of those parts of ourselves. And it does hurt, especially when you see those very beautiful leaves. Like my Diffenbachia has beautiful patterning on it. And uh, when I was just starting to get it, to give it more light and um, the white parts were really showing, when that big leaf died, it hurt my feelings. <laughs> because I was like, no, that's my prettiest leaf. But then more leaves came and it was perfectly fine. And I got more pretty leaves. So for me, um, pruning and, and your leaves dying, it's just this uh, this idea that like death and rebirth are simultaneous. You know, when one door closes, the other door opens. Um, and we see that with leaves. And I know like some people will get really freaked out when winter comes and they'll text me like my leaves are dying what do I do and I'm like nothing girl your plant is going dormant it is perfectly fine um but yeah and something else plants have taught me is like sometimes you can do everything right and shit happens like you can give that plant the sun it needs the plant food the water and that plant still dies on you and that's perfectly fine like shit happens um And the last one that I learned, and this is a really big one, is tolerance is not the same as thriving because I know so many people who will talk about low light plants and plants that can tolerate low light, um, but just because they tolerate it does not mean that they thrive in low light. And an example of that is I have two snake plants and they were about the, the same height, maybe a foot and a half. I have one outside and one indoors and the one outside is thriving like it is about three feet tall um it's very bushy I've gotten a lot of additional plants from that one snake plant uh, because it grows so fast and it gets so big but the one inside has it's grown um but not in the same way that the one outside has grown so I know a lot of people will say that there are low light plants, but those plants really, really thrive when you give them a lot of light. Um, so yeah, I think those are the big lessons that I've learned from plants. What about you? I think that distinction between tolerance and thriving is like a good point. Um, 
Because, yeah, my my bonsai was thriving at my grandma's house. Right now, I just think she becomes tolerant of the very... <laughs> I just really be winging it. I don't know if I'm a great plant mom, but I do my best. Um, and they alive. So, um, a friend of mine, kind of getting back to that, like, death and rebirth. They're really like death. A friend of mine had recently described a mental health experience they were having as like feeling dead. And I think about that a lot because I've never described my lowest points of depression as like, you know, that is feeling dead. But there's still that feeling of like, you don't want to be alive. You don't feel alive. You don't even feel connected to your body. And so what my plants have taught me or done for me is like, especially my first plant, Bonnie, who's still with me, is reminded me that she's alive and so am I. And I don't know if that, like, I don't know if that makes sense, but being around, being surrounded by the living, even in the form of plant life can really help you return to yourself. Um, whether that's going outside or, or the actual plants in your house. And so I think I may have shared, maybe I only shared it on Patreon or maybe I shared it on one of the episodes about how um, I was really struggling with keeping my plants. I wanted to get rid of all of them, except Bonnie. Bonnie is my ride or die. But I wanted to get rid of all of them. I did give away a couple um, and then maybe one died. But I think that my plants were talking to me. Like, I think that I did not want to face the living because I I didn't want to face myself like I just think about it a lot in hindsight I don't know who this friend is but I definitely agree with their point that sometimes we do go through this kind of death cycle but I think it's more of a dormancy where things look dead but they they aren't really um and it, it just like I said earlier Every winter never fails. Somebody comes texting me about how their plants are dying. And then when the spring comes around, their plants are back and they're full and they're bushy and they're full of life. And I think that we go through these same cycles as well. Uh, I think because of capitalism, we don't really, we're not really allowed to fully experience that cycle. But we go through those cycles of dormancy and rebirth and all of these things too. Damn, I totally agree with that. And maybe... And maybe we should start looking at it in a different way, just kind of like how you say your friends mm -hmm. panic when their plants go dormant. I mean, seasonal depression is real. Like, it's real. So I don't want to, like, negate that experience. But I think that also, like, if we could kind of re... I want to say readjust how we look at it and that this is a time of, like, you are in hibernation, essentially. Like, and we should be, right? I, somebody made a really good point about how, like, we should not be working. We might have talked about this. Maybe think, you said this, like, we, we should have the whole winter off. And that maybe sometimes we misinterpret what our, misinterpret what our body is doing. Um... So yeah, I don't want to get too deep into that because I don't want to sound like I'm like saying that seasonal depression isn't a real mental health concern because it is as somebody that goes through that. But I also think there are ways that we can look at that differently and maybe it can help us with managing that seasonal depression, including therapy, of course. But yeah, so that's a really good point that you made. Um, 
another question I have for you, Leah, is because you do food gardening. I don't. I want to. I can't wait to have a garden. And um, so I really want to ask you about your experience with that. How you get it? How did you get into it? And do you see it as something that's there therapeutic for you? Yeah, so I got into food gardening around the same time that I was working with my spider plants and my pothos. And I think at that time, I just tried to do seedlings. Some of them sprouted, some of them didn't. None of them made it to a full plant. Um, I think maybe maybe I had cilantro that made it to a full plant before it died again. Um, So that didn't work out. And I want to say a year or so after that, I tried again. And it was, I did the spring, you know, in March when everyone plants their gardens. Uh, And I was just fighting everything. Like the sun would kill my tomato plant. The rabbits would come and eat my kale and my carrots. The mealy bugs got my green beans. Like (laughs) I could not win. Everything was like trying to take my, my plants out. And so this time I've tried fall gardening. I did have better results. Like I got a whole harvest worth of green beans. They're really good. I have carrots right now. I have to pick out of the um, ground. So my corn, it got too cold. It ended up dying. Um, and then there were other things that didn't even sprout. But I've had better results. Um, it's still a work in progress. In terms of therapeutic I don't know about that because <laughs> it's very stressful, uh, at least for me. It's very stressful. I feel like I have to fight everything to get food to grow. It is rewarding um, to be able to eat something that you grew yourself. That's very rewarding. But sometimes I just see like I know this older lady, she has fruit trees and she has like her own garden and she's very hands off with it and she gets a lot of food. So You know, maybe one day in the future I'll be like her, but as for today, (laughs) today I'm not there yet. Listen, they got the secret sauce when it comes to gardening. Um, Did you grow up with plants in your house or like anything you know about your ancestors or extended family and community as far as their relationship to gardening and planting? So I didn't grow up with plants in the house. Um, in my family, it's this weird thing where like the men do food gardening. Uh, and so growing up, my papa, my father's father, um, was the one who had a garden and he would bring us like tomatoes and peanuts and uh, sweet potatoes and... <laughs> And I remember when we first moved to the country, my daddy was like, I want to have a garden. But the thing with him, it was like the garden was his vision, but we were his workers. And so on the one hand, it was very nice to like see corn grow. I've never seen corn in real life. And we had like corn stalks in our backyard and we got to eat fresh corn and fresh peas um, and stuff like that. On the other hand, I don't know if you ever had to shell purple hole peas, but (laughs) Lord, it is a lot of work. It is a lot of work. So every time I think about food gardening, I'm just like, it's just labor. It's labor for me. It is magical, but it is labor. Listen, if you, 
if you ain't never had to sit on a front porch and help your auntie or your grandma shell peas, you not from the country, okay? <laughs> like, one of my aunties, I swear, one minute we outside playing, next minute we in there in the house, and she, like, making us help her shell peas. Like, it's like five of us and her. <laughs> they gonna figure out a way to uh, make use of the children, so... <laughs> That is so funny. Woo. I don't even remember how I felt about that. I feel like a part of me thought it was kind of fun with the shell and peas. I don't know. I still remember the way that seam hurts my thumb when you have to squeeze it open to get the peas out. Mm, pain. I think I just like being in a part of like <laughs> because I probably wasn't even that good at it, so TVAs, because I'm thinking about it. I also was, like, we were young. We were not, I'm talking about we, like, younger than 10. <laughs> we were chill, like, we were small children, but we was helping Sheldon bees. so. Yeah, I was, like, eight or nine then. Mm-hmm. I think we were younger than that, because I'm thinking about, this was before I permanently moved to Mississippi, and I moved to Mississippi when I was eight. So we was at least, and I was the oldest, like I'm the oldest cousin of that group. So imagine, (laughs) (laughs) listen, like we, Mississippi, like Mississippi build you different because you be starting this stuff really early in life. I agree. Mississippi does build you differently. Like as soon as you start walking, your family puts you to work. But in, in my family, like the men would do the food gardening and then the women would do the um, like flower gardening, but something that I noticed was no immediate women in my family, living at least, um, had gardens. I think some people may have had like those fake house plants in their house, but no one had real house plants. And it wasn't until a couple of years ago I saw this picture of my great grandmother with my brother, and I've seen that picture most of my life and I noticed beside her was a little pot with a stick in it so I went to my grandma and I was like did your mama used to garden and she's like yeah my mama had a big beautiful garden and she had flowers everywhere she had a green thumb she could grow anything I was like what um and then I found out uh my grandma's auntie which is her no my grandma's father's sister (laughs) uh she also had a green thumb and she also had a beautiful guard and my grandma would joke she was like you can't take her anywhere because they went to the uh courthouse and her auntie was like "Ooh, i love that plant and then like, a few months later she had a bush of it in her yard <laughs> so yeah i do have ancestors that were really into gardening and really into salvaging plants so i picked up on that trade <laughs> I love that my childhood best friend said her grandma does that. She said her grandma's <laughs> house is filled with beautiful flowers and like she don't care where she is, she gonna get her a clipping. And I'm just like, you gotta be talented though, because <laughs> yeah, you, you do like to just take a clipping of any kind of plant and then like basically um what do you call it? Propagate I've done it. this before. Yeah, propagate it. Like, that's some boss bitch shit, okay? Because we talking about, like, actual random-ass flowers that she just see and, like, um, so, yeah. Um, as far as me, 
I really don't have any memories and it could be that my childhood was so traumatic that it's just disappear. You know how things shit just gets erased. <laughs> um, but as she's gotten older, she had, she it seems like there are always plants in the house. And this I mean, I think most black people are like that, but a lot of her plants come from funerals. Like she'll People will just give them to her or, you know, at the end of funerals, they'll let people come up and get plants. So she, her house, she has so many peace lilies and they are so big and they don't be dying, which you already know my feelings about peace lilies and people try to tell me and I was like, nah, it's, I got a green thumb. It's different with me. And it wasn't, but yet (laughs) My grandma, like literally, anyway, we ain't going to get into peace lily. She keep a peace lily. And uh, she also keeps uh, these ferns that she hangs on her porch. And I had another aunt that did that. But um, her mom was a gardener. And there was also this woman that lived on our road who I was always fascinated with. She had this beautiful garden. Uh, and I think she, I think those were collards. Either way, she had greens and it was just green, green, green. And she was always out there. I remember my grandma used to be like, it is too hot for Miss So-and-so to be out there in that heat. And then she'll roll down the wheel and say, hey, you know, you know how older women are. <laughs> like, girl, not you talking best trying to speak. But I remember I really wanted to go out there. It just seemed magical. Like, I really was like, that lady is just out there living her best life. Um, And so that was just another example of someone in my community. But I do plan on having a garden. Somebody told me in a reading that I'm supposed to have a garden. So, but I also have always felt that. So I didn't really need the reading to validate that. So I'm excited. I can't wait. Thank you for listening to the Hoodoo Plant Mamas podcast. To support us, you can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Hoodoo Plants and Instagram at Hoodoo Plant Mamas. You can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also <laughs> join our Patreon. We have a $2 love offering tier as well as a $5 all access tier, which includes monthly mini sods, a newsletter, and plant content. Oh, and we also have a new patron. Thank you so much, Michelle, for joining our Patreon. We so, so appreciate the support. Yes, thank you, Michelle, for joining our Patreon. If you prefer a one-time donation, you can give any amount you want on Cash App, Cash Tag, Who Do Plant Mamas, or PayPal, Who Do Plant Mamas at gmail.com. If you are interested in sponsoring an episode, email us at whodoplantmamas at gmail.com. We especially want to work with Black, Indigenous, POC-owned, and queer-owned businesses. Let's get back to the show. So, um, I know that there are a few different names for this. I've heard ecotherapy, nature ally, psychotherapy, nature therapy, but they all do the same things, which is incorporate plants and the natural landscape in therapy. A lot of it has been proven to be super beneficial for um, our mental health. And I just wanted for us to kind of discuss how that shows up in our lives. I know uh, for me, I started 
doing what you do, Danny, and I've started going on walks. Um, there's a park that's about a half a mile from my house, and it sits on the bank of a river. Um, and it's been such a relief to go and do that. I know there have been a lot of people who have voiced their concerns to me um, because I've been heavily isolated during this pandemic because I don't want to get sick. Um, <laughs> but their concerns were valid. Like I'm basically just in my home pacing around and it feels like my thoughts are just kind of closing in on me and it's so suffocating and overwhelming. But since I've been going to the river and sitting down, it's like for the first time my brain is free and open and I can think and process in a way that feel, doesn't feel overwhelming for me, that doesn't cause a lot of anxiety for me. So that has been very good for me. And just sitting with the water and seeing the water move and the wind and hearing the wind like blow through the trees and seeing the ducks and the turtles and stuff, it just makes me feel like I belong here. Um, and so, yeah, just sitting in these green spaces, sitting in nature has been very affirmational for me. I really love that that phrasing of nature being affirmational, and I really agree. So I think trees are that for me. It's like I, this is getting real woo-woo, but that's fine. It's a hoodoo podcast. I just think trees are so fucking loud. Like, I don't know if anybody else feels that way. I, I just think they are loud spiritually. I don't know what they're saying, but like when I'm around trees, when I look at trees for too long, I just feel overwhelmed and not necessarily in a bad way, but I just always wonder like what they've witnessed, how long they've been in the area that they're in that kind of thing. They just awaken a curiosity in me. Um, and they also just make me feel good. Like, I don't know. And so, yes, walking for me, as you mentioned, sitting outside among the trees has been very helpful for me um, because I'm also isolated and I don't really go outside like that, but TBH, I wasn't doing that before the pandemic. Like, so I will say a week or so ago, well, I already mentioned this earlier, but I went to Seattle and like that natural landscape was indescribable. Like while I was on the plane, we flew over um, mountains and I had never seen, I had never seen mountains in real life before. And I literally felt like I couldn't breathe like for at least five minutes I've never felt that way when it comes to like that you know um something that is yeah I don't like I hate to use this it feels cheesy but it was really magnificent like it was really fucking magnificent especially from that angle and then like the next morning when me and my friends were headed to the national park, cause it was nighttime by the time I got to Seattle, but I could still see the mountains. Um, but that next morning we went to go hiking at this national park and to see this waterfall, which was really beautiful. Um, 
there was like these elevated, like among the clouds, I, I guess they were mountains. I don't know. They weren't like the mountains I seen when I was flying in, but they were like these very elevated areas that were among the clouds and it was just trees. And I think I was just the whole car ride. I think my mouth was just open. Like, do you watch Euphoria? I saw season one, but I saw it in 2019 and it was a lot. So I was like, I can't watch that during the pandemic. <laughs> okay. Well, some people will get this reference and some won't. But when Faye was standing at that door waiting for the police to bust in with her mouth slightly open, that was me. I just was like, again, breath taken away. Um, and... I think it really put me back into my body in ways that I can't describe. Like it was a bodily experience. It was a very like, oh my gosh, like you're so small compared to the rest of the world. But also like, I don't know. I, I know it sounds like I'm just rambling, but it really is hard to put the experience into words, especially if you've never been around it. Because I've never seen mountains like in person or that kind of like, natural landscape in person yeah the first time I saw a mountain was in Asheville North Carolina a few years ago um and it was breathtaking like it's it is this different feeling I like that you use the word magnificent I think that's a good word for it like I just walked in and there's these big beautiful mountains and they're covered in trees and it's so so beautiful and I remember telling people, like, it just feels different up here. And they were like, it's probably the atmospheric pressure. It's probably the elevation. And I don't know about all that. <laughs> but but it just, it does feel different. And I like that you said, like, mountains make you feel small. Because for me, that's what the ocean does. Like, when I'm in the ocean, I feel like it's big enough to hold whatever emotion that I'm feeling right now, whether it's grief or sadness or whatever, like it's big enough to hold it and to to wash it away from me. And it just is so comforting. Um, yeah, I, and I do agree. I think landscapes can have an effect on us. I remember driving out west and seeing the desert for the first time. It's really hot, but it's also very beautiful. Like this country is a very very beautiful country and I think I've only seen like half of it I have no idea what the other half looks like but I'm pretty sure it's just be it's very beautiful I'm dead at the people talking about oh it's just the elevation like first of all it was the elevation I would be dizzy and about to faint okay that's not what this is okay anyway I agree about the water the last time I was I haven't been submerged in water in a long time the last time I was I went to this lake with some friends and man my body just needed it I, I think maybe the feeling that you described about it like holding all of this it just makes you feel light I never feel light I never feel like I'm not holding myself up tense you know I've been trying to um I had a really beautiful divination with someone a friend of mine um, their books are not open back up yet, but when they do, I'll share more info, but, and they were telling me, um, how I need to get more grounded in my body. Like I need to be doing some grounding exercises. And I think it's going to take a lot of practice because I cannot untense certain parts of my body. Like there are certain parts of my body that I literally, 
I have tried and I can't. And I think it's just because I've been tensed up so long. Like I'm really going to have to like slowly do it. But in water, I don't think I'm, my body tenses up. Like I think my body becomes weightless. And so, yeah, we, I'm so overdue to be on a fucking island and in somebody's water, just, I need to dip my whole head in it, like, <laughs> but yes. I mean, I've heard people say that you can use the ocean as a spiritual bath, so there you go. Listen, I am long overdue for a spiritual bath. I got a whole list, a whole prescription, spiritual prescription, and I've only done, like, two things on it and I put the the big stuff on one side because I'm like you're gonna have to take baby steps but I somebody my spirits want me to take a nine-day spirit uh white bath and I know for a fact because on my paper I wrote down three-day white bath because that's what my um friend who did my divination told me but then yesterday nine day kept coming up like oh you gotta take this nine day I was getting exhausted like oh I gotta take a nine day white bath and then I came up here and like where the hell I get nine day from so I gotta take a fucking nine day okay well you know it's gonna take a minute (laughs) (laughs) like I am human but yeah so Anyway, did you have any other final thoughts about that? Yeah, I just want to say shout out to the ocean. I used to be very afraid of the water uh, because I did not swim. And even now, I still can't swim very well. But (laughs) um, I just learned like with water, it's all about trust. And that's something that I've been learning from going to the water. And it has like this such ancient calming energy. It's such a a relief to be in the water but yeah I just I love water and and I also think about kind of the pleasure aspects of it like um I tend to go out in the water with this huge floaty and I'll just lay there and like the waves just like lap onto the back of my body and it's so calming kind of like when you pat a baby's butt um to put it to sleep that's what it feels like and then you have the sun on your skin oh my god (laughs) but yeah I agree if you have not been near some water go near some water it's cleansing it's healing it's just it's a great experience well yeah that's you know that wraps up the episode please let us know if something resonated or feel free to share your journey with us um If you like the podcast, of course, make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Be sure to follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Hoodoo Plants and on Instagram at Hoodoo Plant Mamas. Stay tuned for the next episode. Bye. Bye -bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.